Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a full dive of all the news, discussion, and insights you need for virtual reality gaming. This podcast is brought to you by Asterion Products. They're a top-selling company on Amazon with great AR and VR products. I'm Jay Bratt. I'm a VR YouTuber and streamer. I'm Matt Bratt, a VR enthusiast who's developing better Spanish skills in VR. Nice. And I'm Lipnox, a VR YouTuber who loves Quest 2 titles on SideQuest and AppLab. Hey, if you're out there and you're listening, you know our podcast is here to keep you up to date in the VR realm. We answer questions from our communities. We talk about some of the latest, greatest VR news, although this week's news is all pretty controversial. I don't know if I'd call that the greatest <laughs> thing. But then we discuss the games we've been checking out. Uh, of course, we're here on YouTube if you want to see our faces, or we're on all the audio platforms if you want to take us any we're on the go with you. We got some good questions this week, and uh, we answered this question before, Lip, but you weren't here. So we wanted to catch up with your thoughts. What are your thoughts on Bone Lab? So I feel like Bone Lab is pretty much the perfect way to make an Oculus Quest 2 title because it's like, here's, here's our engine. Here's all the physics you want. Go play with it and do all the things. And I think there was another game called Sport Mode or something that was like an App Lab game that was very much the same kind of freedom sandbox thing. And that being said, when I played Boneworks on the PC, they have this sort of structured story mode thing you have to go through to unlock things, be able to do these sandbox modes. And honestly, I just wanted to go to the sandbox the whole time. <laughs> and I didn't actually I was not enjoying Boneworks because of that. And it was like, do these physics puzzles. And I was like, you know what? I don't really want to play Portal 2 right now. I want to play mess with the physics in VR and do cool stuff. <laughs> and Bone Lab just seems to cut out that the stuff that I don't want and only have the stuff I want. I'm still a little bit cautious about the optimization of the Quest 2 because, mm -hmm. you know, when you're dealing with such complex physics like that, you know, it's like how many enemies can you have on screen? You know, what are the graphics going to look like and things like that. But with such a big title that's clearly got money and hype behind it, I feel like Bone Lab is going to be the staple for that kind of sandbox, almost like Gary's Mod experience on the headset when it comes out. Yeah, yeah, it looks really good. The trailer, although I do wonder, you know, is that trailer that we've seen, was that all Quest footage? Is it going to look that good on the Quest? Because we are seeing in some of the more recent trailers of like Red Matter 2, people have gotten really good at getting good graphics on the Quest. But it makes me question, you know, that it wouldn't be the first time we've been shown really great footage and then you get in the Quest and it's not quite that. But I do worry, just like you said, is it going to hold up the frame rate? Is it going to be able to really look good and be a good experience? Because if this becomes the new Walking Dead Saints and Sinners of Quest, I want to be able to put my friends in it and show it off as like, this is the best thing Quest can do. But the last thing you want to do is put someone new in and the frame rates dropping and they get sick. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. there's like issues with like things clipping where mm. the tracking can't keep track of everything because it's mm. overpowering the headset. But I, I'm pretty sure Bone Lab is a Quest exclusive, though, isn't it? I thought it was coming on PC as well, but let me check on that. Yeah, because that was the one thing that I thought it was like, that was the, basically, it was like a refined version of Boneworks for the Quest because they knew they just couldn't get the game to run on Quest. Coming later this year to Quest 2 and PC VR. Okay, so, so it be, is PC as well. It'll be coming. All right, yeah, both, and yeah. that's... <laughs> that makes you probably, worry. Probably could be getting on the Quest 2 then. Or I mean, on oh, the yeah. PC then. Because <laughs> <laughs> you want that full experience. Oh, yeah. And the <laughs> modding capabilities too will be way better on PC. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, speaking of mods. Well, we'll get to that later. Uh, Nat, we had another question. And... This is something that you and I have been exploring pretty heavily, so I'll be interested to hear what Lipnox thinks on this. But Block asked, uh, if we rate two Quest 2 audio products from best to worst, and that includes stock audio, what would we say is the best one we've tried, and what would we say is the worst one 
we've tried. And now I don't, I think this might throw you for a loop lip, but I would say personally, the worst thing is obviously the Quest 2 stock audio. I don't like it. I I think it just doesn't get loud enough for me. It's a big part of why I don't like it. Uh, Nat, what are which headphones are you enjoying the most that we've tried? Um, I it's really funny because I feel like uh, well, we had those ones that were just from um, what is it called? <laughs> the ones that were just like kind of homemade three D printed ones. <laughs> the pretty good three D uh, yes. off ear speakers is what we use the most. Yeah, yeah, those were surprisingly good, even though there was some assembly required. But we tried the really expensive ones like the VR VR ears. ears. Yeah, we tried those and I was super impressed and really liked them the first time I tried them. And then I tried them again and they hurt my head. I don't know what it was at the second time. Maybe just I was so impressed the first time I didn't notice, but it like pressed on my head, gave me a headache, felt terrible. And no matter how good it sounds, if it doesn't, if it hurts your head, we don't want that. So yeah, the like, 3d printed yeah ones <laughs> we're pretty good we like those lip you use the stock audio mostly don't you so i actually have like a mixture of things because when i had my quest one i bought these kiwi design ones that they had two different headphones and they each plugged on because there was two headphone jacks in the quest oh one. yeah so it was perfect because they were earbuds and they had the two sides and they just plugged in the side went straight down there was a perfect distance between my ear and everything and then randomly like a month before the Quest 2 came out, it just stopped supporting both ears. No reason. Oh. I replaced the headphones, bought another pair, and it still did not work. I've reformed the headset tons of times. Apparently, just after a period of time, it just that feature breaks on the headset for whatever reason. I don't know if it's something wow. to do with Android or something. But so when the Quest 2 came out, I was like, okay, well, let's get, you know, better headphones. And I went and tried to bu- replace, like tried to buy all these different earbud type of headphones. I went on Amazon, AliExpress. I got AMVR ones. I got, I don't know. There was, there was a whole bunch that I ordered. They were all relatively cheap. And every single one of them that I ordered stopped working after about a month. Oh. So oh I gosh. just said, okay, this is, this is ridiculous. So then I was using my PlayStation VR headphones. that oh. came with the PSVR, the first gen, and I <laughs> loved those. And then they stopped working after a period of time. But mind you, I'd been using them for a super long time. Uh, And now I'm using literally just Sony earbuds, regular (laughs) whatever things. I think they were like 20 bucks on Amazon. And I've just accepted that I've lost this battle. But (laughs) I do occasionally. So if if someone's in the room with me and they want to hear what I'm playing, sometimes I'll leave the, the the sound coming through the quest itself. But because it's like, annoying for anyone around you. I'm kind of hesitant to like do that. But that being said, when I played the Twilight Zone VR game, I did that. And for whatever reason, that game had some intensely loud sound effects that would actually vibrate your ears with some of the sounds. And oh, wow. I'll be honest, that game wasn't that great. But the sound <laughs> effects and the way that I heard them through that method was mm. honestly really good. So I kind of am at this point right now where I'm like, I wish someone would make the perfect headphones for me and send them to me to review, but I've I've yet to see them. (laughs) Well, for all of you listening out there, this is a full dive exclusive sneak peek that you're not going to know about yet anywhere else. There are two potentially audio solutions coming next month for the Quest 2. And one of them is from a really big company, a really big, well-known 
can't say any more, but I am super excited and I'm really hoping it's going to solve all the problems we've all been having and trying to find the right audio solution because I cannot wait and we'll definitely be getting a unit to check it out. So we'll keep you posted out there uh, before I give away too much. Nat, Shafe had another question for us as Shafe usually does, right? Not just Shafe, but Shafe Stradamus. Uh, did have a question and his question was will you be going back to more live streams when psvr2 launches since they've announced you can stream straight from the headset and i wasn't sure if he was talking about us individually or us as you know the full dive team but i think we can kind of answer both questions so um yeah we haven't been doing a lot of live streams um i'm gonna ask both of you because i just kind of go with the flow (laughs) uh lip how are you have you been live streaming at all lately uh i think i've live streamed like maybe four times on the channel because (laughs) i don't have it set up for the quest 2 to live stream Mm -hmm. and i just don't my my biggest problem is whenever i live stream since i do it so sporadic sporadically it just Mm -hmm. i don't get a lot of people watching and then i feel like an idiot playing the game in front of no audience and I'm like, oh, is anyone there? Oh, hey, what's up? You know, check my phone. Is, is the chat working? Is it, is it not showing up on the PSVR? So, I mean, I, I think for me, I honestly have live streamed when it's just been. I mean, I, I, there was that uh, block game. I don't know what a big block or something. Then I was like, no one's going to watch this video. So I just live streamed the game for half an hour and said, there's there's my effort. So I didn't have to, like, go in and edit a full video. <laughs> yeah. But for, for me, it's like I, I'm. I'm not typically the type of person that will watch a live stream unless it's Jay there for like a week, not sleeping, doing all his stuff. Uh, I just I'm just like not to, I just get bored and typically click out. So for mm-hmm. me, I typically just want to make the content that I would watch. So I'm not so much with the live streaming, but I do definitely wish that I was because it seems like a way easier way to put out content more regularly, which I'm struggling sure. with. Mm -hmm. yeah i i think most channels it's funny we go through these waves where you start off putting out tons of content and it gets hard you know all that editing wears you down then you try live stream it's like oh this is so much easier in in a different sort of way so you live stream for a while like all the time and it's easy and then it's like okay this is exhausting but in a in that very different way than editing and so you kind of find this mix eventually that's i'm kind of i've been off live streaming for quite a while but i want to do it more so i've been like okay maybe i'll take the live streams to twitch because we're so busy with we've been doing two videos a day on youtube lately that if you do a third one it can mess up your uploads it won't notify people if you do three in a day so i keep saying oh yeah i want to i want to but it's one of those things that when it comes down to it it's hard on a quest it's even kind of difficult on a pc so if the quest if the psvr2 makes it easy there's face cam it's nice looking you can see the chat you can keep up I think I definitely would start going back to doing more of them on the PSVR 2 because if it's just that one button press like it was for PSVR 1, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's it's got to look better. You know, PSVR 1, you could live stream on it, but man, you had those like fish eye effect going on and mm-hmm. if the chat was too long, you wouldn't see it all. If it just skipped one, you wouldn't see a chat. It wasn't a great experience, but it worked. I hope PSVR 2 just makes it great. Yes. And the, the other thing too with live streaming on the PSVR was that if you wanted the max resolution, you had to like use a game capture thing. Mm-hmm plug all that in and i was like okay this is too complicated for me right now (laughs) as soon as i got to use other software and connect it to my computer i'm like i just like you said if they make it super easy and it just it's aesthetically nice to see and i can just hit that button then i mean why wouldn't i yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and then you lose the you lose seeing the chat if you use a capture car yeah it was such a trade-off with the psvr yeah so (laughs) to your answer to your question shave hopefully (laughs) 
hopefully as long as it gets easy and works well, then then yes. So we had some great questions from Shafestradamus or Shafedoc. Maybe it was actually Shafedoc <laughs> and Starsight, but they pertain to a couple of big news pieces. So we're going to answer those in the news. Speaking of that, we're going to jump into the news, but we got to tell you about our sponsor. If you don't know Asterian Products, you got to check them out by now. They make VR accessories. They got VR floor mats, VR headset stands, headphone stands, and the stands glow different colors they're gorgeous and they're not very expensive they're 25 bucks or even 20 bucks sometimes on amazon go check them out on amazon if you use code full dive 10 you can save another 10 percent off that price this is a big one that a lot of people are pretty upset about uh the quest 2 price is increasing on august 1st so a couple days from when we're recording this and maybe a day or so from when we release this episode so the 128 gig is going up to $399.99 US. Yeah, that's uh that's quite the price jump from the $299 we've all been used to. And the 256 gig is going up to $499.99 US. As you said, this is quite a big price jump. People some people are very mad, understandably. Some people are like, well, it was super cheap anyway, so whatever. Um, but there's just Definitely a whole lot of buzz about this. So what is everyone, what is everyone's thoughts right now? Yeah, this, uh, this news came out very suddenly and it was like, Hey, you have five days till the price hike happens August 1st, it will have gone up in price. And I dropped a video on the JBrat channel. Like first thing when I heard about this and said, go buy your quests. Well, then Amazon either sold out or they changed their price early. So people are going out to target other places to get the cheaper price. But the funny thing is in the reactions in the comments, I think that all of us have just become so beat down and tired of the prices on everything going up right now so much mm -hmm. that people just don't even have the energy to really fight it. People are like, oh, yeah, it's too bad, but everything is so expensive now. Or, oh, transportation costs or gas costs or, oh, the Quest 2 was just cheap. And so what can we do? It was like, normally I feel like this, you know, if let's say the PlayStation two years into its life cycle upped its price by 33% or 25%, people would have been up in arms. But oh, yeah. everything is so high in price right now that we're just like, okay, it's just one more thing to add to the list. But I do think it's going to slow sales a lot. But the interesting thing is we've all thought for a while Meta's losing money on these. And Meta's mm -hmm. last two earnings calls have showed their profits were lower than projection. So if you have a product that you sell that loses you money every time you sell the product, if you raise the price, people will buy less which means you'll quit losing so much money. So maybe that's a strategy here. Lip, what do you think about all this? So one thing you guys forgot to say is they do get a free copy of Beat Saber now. Uh, oh, that's, yeah. That's the, is that really? It completely. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the icing on the cake for you. But I mean, like, if, if we go back to Christmas last year, you could buy an Oculus Quest 2 for $2.99, and you could get tons of retailers were giving, like, $50 credits or $50 discounts on top of that. And then I think if you there was referring programs like mm -hmm. there was all the opportunity to truthfully bring your quest quest two price down to like, I think it was like 215 or 220. And now we're looking at almost double that. Mm -hmm. That being said, there's nobody else in the market. So you either you buy a quest two or you don't play VR at this price point. That's that's those are mm -hmm. your options, you know. You can go maybe yeah. like PC VR is still crazy expensive. It's not like the Valve Index has dropped in price at all. And there's no mm -hmm. announcement of a new headset from them. So like I, I'm kind of at a point now where it's like I I hate the price increase. But if they were 
banking on this low price, creating just endless influx of sales, then that was their issue. Because the problem is, too, is the Quest 2 has a major issue in terms of the storefront where there's so many things that are free. It, mm. There's not a lot of influence, like there's not a lot of reason for a lot of people to go out and spend all the money because there's people buying the headset be like, I just want to play VR chat in Rec Room. I just want to play Pavlov. I just want to play Gorilla Tag. You know, like there's so many games that are free on the headset that you don't really need to buy that many things. And I think there's so many games on the storefront that are disappointing that lead people away from buying lots of things. Because, you know, you if you bought the headset and you bought Resident Evil 4 VR, every game you per- played after that is going to be a letdown and you're just going to maybe not buy as many games especially if you're not hardcore about that so i kind of feel like this sort of focuses the more into the hardcore people that are like serious about the vr mm-hmm. the other thing too that i feel like is one big aspect of this is they're going to release another headset it's going to be expensive mm-hmm. the bigger price difference from that headset to this headset is going to be the difference maker for that headset succeeding and you know, like a lot of the con- consumers that are, you know, upset are people that already own a Quest 2. And it's like your Quest mm-hmm. 2 is now worth more money if you want to buy this new headset. If you want to resell true. your Quest 2, your Quest 2 is now worth more money towards that new headset. You already have your Quest 2. So mm-hmm. it's I mean, like there's definitely reason to be upset. But at the same time, I mean, we've had two years to buy the headset. Didn't buy it yet. Then it sucks for you. And I mean, like we it, it sucks for me, too, because I was hoping to get another headset for here. So the kids mm-hmm. could not use like. I've got the Quest 1 and the Quest 2, but the Quest 1 is just showing its age big time now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to get another Quest 2, and now it's like, uh, extra $100, which in Canada is like an extra 100 (laughs) bit. And it's just, you know, at this point now, it's like I'm just waiting for them to release a new headset, and I'm just not Mm going to sell mine, and that'll be how I do the cost like that. But it sucks Mm -hmm. because, you know, I was definitely in the market to buy another one. Right. Yeah, and it's so funny because I feel like Meta just keeps doing these weird things that other companies don't do. Mm -hmm. At least for, you know, you think of a VR headset as kind of a gaming console. And if you think of it that way, it's like, okay, gaming consoles do not come out with a Gen 1 and then like immediately come out with a Gen 2 at the same price or lower price, actually. (laughs) Um, And then just completely not have hardly any support for the the first gen and now they're doing this weird thing where they're upping the price two years later which most gaming consoles would stay the same if not lower the price by now so it's just very strange uh but it's meta they do what they want i think because you know they have the money Mm -hmm. uh but yeah it's strange um is anyone thinking i does anyone else have tinfoil hats like i do and are thinking that they're lowering the price because now there's not going to be the Facebook login required for the headset with all the, that data, all that sweet, the, sweet data. The timing on it was a little too close. I saw a lot of people saying that it's like it's the same day that they're switching over to meta accounts and you can unlock unlink your Facebook and all this and that. So people thought that was a big reason. Uh, one point I wanted to bring up before we get too far into that, though, because you brought up that this is a weird thing in gaming consoles. This is kind of unprecedented in the tech world. But an interesting point is this is very common in like big box retail. What a store will do is like Walmart, they'll put a new store location in some town that's never had a Walmart and they will run that store at a loss. 
They'll keep prices really low and they will wipe out all of their competitors in that town. And once that's done, they jack all the prices up. Mm. And that's almost what Meta's done with the Quest 2 here. They brought it in. They made it extremely cheap. And once every other VR headset out there couldn't compete anymore, now they're mm. like, okay, we'll raise the price now that we've, we own the landscape. So that's it's probably Meta. the way. That's, that's, that's the reason right there. Yeah, that I makes think you sense. just nailed it right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not uncommon and it's really awful to see that happen because it's the same thing that wipes out small businesses and it's yeah. it looks like what's happened to the VR landscape. But I do think the Facebook requirement thing is they, they keep saying it had nothing to do with that, but the timing is really, really close. It's mm-hmm. hard. And we actually had some questions from Shafe. We said we were going to mention here. So, oh, yeah, he actually, Shafe was in the same boat as you said. <laughs> Are you buying Meta's reasoning for the price hikes, or do you think there's just needing to offset the cost of developing their future content? Is it more based on an expected loss of revenue from the removal of the requiring Facebook to use a Quest? And of course, something that Lip hit on earlier is the next headset going to cost so much they need to boost the cost to make it not look like such a huge transition. So mm-hmm. Shafe's definitely on board with all of the tinfoil hat ideas and all of the worries <laughs> here. Uh, but the last thing Shafe asked was, since raising the price, should they sell the quest in different colors to I make love them more appealing? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. I feel like that actually would be pretty cool. I don't know how much it would cost them to make it in different colors, but it might be like at least. I mean, they have the little thing of oh, you get Beat Saber for free if you buy it. Um, but I think if they had it in different colors, people would be like, oh, well, I can get it in a cool color. So I feel like mm-hmm. that's worth it. <laughs> or at least, I so mean, I'm, at least it's kind of cool. <laughs> so I'm instantly picturing now the Vader collection with some sort of Vader themed <laughs> headset. Yes, and they could be like, instead of getting Beat Saber for free, you get these Star Wars games for free. Oh. And like, I feel like that's a great way to like offset the cost because it's like oh yeah. we're getting a special different version and we're getting yep. free star wars games like that's that seems like a win in my eye and if they're already getting buddy buddy enough to have all these star wars games i'm sure they mm-hmm. can work that one out yeah yeah that's that would have been really ideas. smart i feel like if what they could have done was they could have quietly raised the price 50 bucks on like the original and then made a bunch of colored ones or limited edition ones and made those all 400 because people would have bought a second one if they could get like a special edition instead of just being angry about this all and then they could have quietly raised the other price a little bit not not really set off too many alarms yet -hmm. just like you said you know there could be a supernatural edition that comes with a year of supernatural or something Mm because they own supernatural there could be a beat saber edition because they own beat saber and they could have paired Mm -hmm. these things together in a much there could have been a way to market this much much smarter than just yeah. being like, hey, guess what? We're raising the price and we're doing it suddenly. So you don't have that much time to go buy one and right. screwing everything up. Yeah. They just make some odd decisions sometimes. Like I feel like sometimes they're not great at marketing stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, there could have been way better marketing strategies to make this like cool instead of like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> they're a communications company and not uh not a retailer, you know. So yeah. that maybe not be their strong thing. But funny thing, the next bit of news we're talking about is kind of on the same vein. Not only are the headsets going up, all the official Oculus Quest 2 brand accessories are going up in price too, which most of them, especially for someone like me who reviews a lot of third-party accessories, most of them were already too expensive that I wouldn't buy them. But real quick, I'll just say one. We'll quickly all react what we think, and then I'll move on to the next one. So first, their Elite Strap, the Quest 2 one that is somewhat known for breaking. It was previously $49, is now $59.99. What do you think? (laughs) 
I just wanted to have a very big facial reaction. So <laughs> how horrible. Yeah. 60 bucks. I mean, Let, does it does I, this I affect you? I, I would not use that elite strap if you gave it to me for free. So <laughs> I could care less about it. Um, that being said, it's because I wear halo straps. Uh, I am questionable about its quality in terms of the elite strap breaking. But the reason for that is because I wear the halo straps. Uh, I would not use a link cable because I liked using it wirelessly because I have a halo strap, the carrying case doesn't work for me and I don't even know what the fit pack even is. So doesn't, <laughs> doesn't bother me in the slightest about these things. But yeah, as yeah. As, none... as long as Bobo VR keep their prices the same. That's yeah, that's, right. that's what we're hoping we here too. <laughs> and yeah, and basically a funny thing, because you mentioned all of them are going up. So most of them about $10. So if you now want the quest to elite strap with battery instead of 110, it's 120 basically. Uh, but the link cable was previously $79 and it's just going up to $79.99. Just I guess adds up, but <laughs> I don't know how that ca- I don't know how that ca- cable cost $80. Like this is madness. This is the price of a controller. Yeah. 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 It's more than a controller now because I think the controllers are still $69. Oh, so yeah. Their carrying case, which also it's fine, but it's not great. It only fits elite straps or stock straps has gone up to almost $60. And the fit pack, for those who don't know, it's a different facial interface that has like a wider opening at the back and it has like a cloth pad and another different pad. So it's basically for people who want to find a different fit on their face. It's now up to 50 bucks, which is a lot because you I swear you could buy like four facial interfaces on Amazon for that. Price. I, I was going to say even like... the... Uh... Go ahead. Even that expensive one that they were giving out uh, when they had the face rash thing mm-hmm. was cheaper than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By a lot. Oh yeah. It's so hilarious because it's like all all these all the prices for the accessories are way too high. Like mm-hmm. other companies have way cheaper accessories that are better. And I, I wonder if this is where they're trying to kind of like offset their really low price for the quest. But it's just like, and I guess, I mean, we've seen with like companies like Apple, they can have like as high prices as they want and people will buy them because it's Apple. So maybe they're just kind of banking on that. Like, oh, people will buy these even though they're way too expensive because it's like the meta brand or something or people might think it's better because or better for the quest because it's like specifically the brand and stuff. But yeah, if, if you're that person, don't do it. Their prices are way too high for their accessories. You can get way better accessories from other companies. Bobo VR, AMVR has some good stuff. Bobo's our favorite for yeah. accessories. Don't and Kiwi Design's pretty good too. Kiwi's got Kiwi some good great. ones. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. We use their grips. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. if you're out there and you're like, oh, well, I'm going to save money on all this by buying a refurbished headset directly from Meta, they're raising the prices on those too. So the 249 refurbished 128 gig is going up to 349.99, and the 256 refurbished that was 349 is now 429.99. So you're not going to save a whole lot going that route either. You're going to be paying more for a refurbished one than you would have today for a brand new one. Uh, but oh, I'm curious now, yep. like looking at those refurbished things, do you think that this huge price increase could lead to more people looking for used Oculus Quest ones on the market that want an entry price point that can't afford to pay? I mean, 429 is a pretty huge amount. Even 349 is a huge amount for a used product. It's like if right. you looked at it and you're like, oh, for $200, I can get a Quest one. You think that I, people would go for that? 
I think that both the Quest 1 and the Quest 2 have just gone up in value because of this. I don't think oh, as yeah. much for the Quest 1, but I think like if you had a Quest 2 that you were thinking about selling used anyways, now it's like hold out two months till people are you know starving for that low price and sell yours for more than you even paid for it two years ago. It's, mm-hmm. it's just wild that this is happening like this. I was going to say, especially if you got these ex- super luxurious accessories. Mm, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. pair of those things. You're selling this thing for a thousand bucks. Yeah. Uh, and this is controversial. It's not nearly as controversial as something VR chat did. Lip, do you want to tell everybody what's going on? And I've been a little out of the loop. So make sure, tell me exactly what's happening because I've barely even caught up on what's happening in this community. So this has been like an ongoing thing for the past week or so. Basically, VR chat went out and announced we're stopping all the mods, all the modding things we're stopping it they've implemented this easy anti-cheat system which scans your system if any programs are running that could do anything uh their reasoning is for safety reasons because honestly there's a lot of people on vr chat doing bad things mm-hmm. uh they're the main main concern people were having was that you would spend all this money and time and effort into making this super awesome custom avatar people spending 300 plus dollars mm-hmm. and then someone could have this modding program and just click a button and download rip all the assets from that. They change a couple things. Now it's their avatar. And honestly, for the hardcore people that are in VR chat, that was a big, big deal. Uh, So they basically are like, we're going to just get rid of all the mods. It's going to make it safer. We're going to make it easier for them doing all the things. But that being said, the mods are not just simple things like like bad things. There's accessibility things. So someone is deaf. There is something that will literally put subtitles in for what everyone is saying, you know, there's all these types of accessibility things. Like, I don't know if this accounts for the play space mover, but even like I've been using the play space mover religiously on VR chat to position myself where I want to be when I'm sitting or wherever I am. And I, the other thing too, is that VR chat has this, and it's their ideology that they think this is a good idea, but you cannot search for avatars in VR chat. You have to find them in the worlds. So if I want a very particular type of avatar, it can take me five plus hours to find it searching through worlds, and I'm probably not going to find exactly what I want anyway. Whereas mm-hmm. this search fe- function was just perfect and made it really, really easy to do that. Now, after this, they were review bombed like crazy on Steam and showing mostly negative now or overwhelmingly negative now on Steam Oof. for VR chat. So their response was, okay, you guys are upset about these features being removed. So they're going to work towards getting these types of accessibility features in. But the timeline for VR chat making updates is so slow. They mm-hmm. barely do anything when they do an update. And it just sort of feels like this app has been out for so long. These types of accessibility features that have been part of mods should have been there forever ago. When they fixed, they finally fixed the camera, it took years of the camera being broken before they fixed it. Now it works really nicely now and it even works on the Oculus Quest, but it it definitely seems like with this type of news that they are definitely gearing towards VR chat being more for the Oculus Quest platform and less focused on the PC platform. Because the PC is where the mods are, basically. And so, this actually. does not, mods don't include custom avatars. People can still use any custom avatar they have, or does this disable some custom avatars? So it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't disable the custom avatars at all. Uh, but some of the custom avatars had modding features, which gave them additional abilities for their avatar. I never had avatars that had that function. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, with the modding thing, I mostly just used it to search for avatars because 
it would require me to reinstall the program every single time. And I was like, this is a pain. But another thing too, the mods were doing like, you can only save 25 avatars in VR chat that with the modding program, you can save every single one. Mm. So it was like, and I mean, 25 seems like a big number until you're like, oh, well, I want to have this version of Link and this version of Mario and this for this reason, this for this reason. Then you're like, oh, well, I have nothing. Now I'm, now I'm deleting them all. And because I have so few of them to pick between, I'll just wear my custom one every time and not, not use any of them. So that kind of bothers me in that regard. But I, I think that the end of the end of the day, you know, the player base hasn't left VR chat. So it's probably not a big deal for them, but not, a, they're, they're not, there. not something that angry. I support. <laughs> yeah well it's just it's just it's just like it, i have this cool toy and i love playing with this cool toy and it's like now they're like well you can't have that cool toy anymore but at mm-hmm. the same time i remember being a kid and having the game shark for the n64 and that was mm-hmm. a cool toy mm-hmm. you could do all these things you could, like you could play ocarina of time with lincoln and black outfit like you could mess with all the games if you had action replay for the gamecube you could get all these animal crossing games on the gamecube for the nes games like you could get the Legend of Zelda, you could get Mar- Super Mario Brothers. And like, they weren't just like half-assed versions. You could literally connect these to your Game Boy Advance with the GameCube link cable and load these onto your Game Boy Advance and then take them on the go and play these Zelda and Mario games on the go, which were only available otherwise if you won some crazy tournament thing to like one player got this code, be able to actually play these things officially. So it's like, I feel like I was breaking the rules to have these mods in the first place. But at the same time, it's like, you're taking away my toys. And after I've been playing with them for so long that mm-hmm. it just feels like suddenly VR chat has been downgraded. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting thing they've done here. And Starsight's question in here was opinion on this update. So we're obviously landing on that. But the thing for me about VR chat is the only problems I've ever had have come from obviously the people in it, but then some of them with their edgy or even straight up racist avatars they're wearing. And that this sounds like this isn't doing anything to address that. And those are the only nope. problems I've ever seen. So it's like, was maybe they're targeting the wrong issues here. You know, I, I'm just surprised to hear they're doing this. And again, like the last time I was in VR chat, I had four teens who thought they were being edgy show up in these outfits that are obviously not okay to wear and throwing a bunch of slurs around and it was like no this update this would still happen like what what this doesn't change that so yeah i i think this is a very another weird choice we're talking about this week yeah yeah I, think it seems- I, I was just gonna say i think it can be hard with um big programs like this like a big app like you know obviously youtube is like huge huge but like i know youtube has a hard time sometimes with things like okay there's this big problem but we're not really sure how to fix it. So let's try this. And then it causes all these other problems where people, you know, hate it and it's messing with stuff. But like, it can be hard, but like maybe ask the community that's going to be affected by this and see like what their ideas are. Cause there's so many people in VR chat. I'm sure there's people that could have some ideas that might be helpful and not, you know, take away all this functionality that people enjoy mm-hmm. so yeah or rely on it sounds like yeah yeah the accessibility well, thing's a big that's horrible. yeah <laughs> yeah that's messed up i don't know they, they, they could have they could have easily gone to the people who were doing the mod things and like several of those modding programs required you to like pay for their vr chats plus program to unlock its full features like they were helping vr chat mm-hmm. you could have they could easily gone to them and been like oh we want to incorporate some of these features into our program. How do we do it? We're going to get rid of modding, but we're going to give you these features that this modding program is giving that are not 
messing with things. It just, I don't know. It, right. I, it, it all comes down to this thing where I feel like the people that run VR chat have this perfect image of what they think VR chat is. And anything mm. that doesn't fit in that bubble of that image, they're like, we hate this and they want to stop it. <laughs> mm. uh, that's, yeah, that's so many, so many things in the world I feel like that are like that. <laughs> yeah, that we're touching yeah. On. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep you all posted out there as more develops on this and uh we'll talk about some vr games and game related things that also have to do with vr chat but we got to tell you one more time if you don't know asterian products go to asterianproducts.com code full dive is going to get you five dollars off anything 19.99 or more so if you want to get one of the cool vr headset stands we use if you're on youtube you can see one of my custom ones glowing in the background over there on my new shelf definitely check them out but we got to tell you about VR chat a little bit more lip. This new documentary just dropped documentary might be a loose word, but it's called <laughs> we met in virtual reality and it just dropped on like HBO max and stuff. And it's like an HBO documentary that I like, put their name on this and everything. And it's an hour and a half long. And it's about several stories of things that have developed in VR chat, like between couples, you know, there's of course a couple that met and fell in love and eventually got VR chat married. And there's, you know, these other uh, stories of like, actually one of the one of the cool ones was people teaching American Sign Language in VR chat for this huge deaf community, which so of cool. course this, this documentary just dropped right before this whole thing with accessibility mods happened. So there's probably some mixed feelings about that. Oh. But Lip, had you even heard about this documentary? Uh, I only heard about it when you mentioned it as being on, like talking about this for the for the show. Um, but that being said, I've, I've watched a lot of these types of smaller VR chat documentary things, mm -hmm. like especially on topics like this. And it is truly amazing the amount of people that go into VR chat as a dating app. Mm -hmm. And that's what they do. And unfortunately, that leads to a lot of very toxic relationships and a lot of pretty depressed people. But uh, at the same time, I mean, you can do all the things and, you know, going going beyond the documentary part. I literally I'm like I met my girlfriend in high school and everything, but uh, we were like living far away from each other when we started talking again. And that was the way we connected. She went and got Oculus Quest 2. We went into VR chat and that was how we were getting that extra connection and hanging out was mm -hmm. having the VR. Now, we didn't meet in VR the first place, but since we couldn't meet in person, we met in VR and. Honestly, it wasn't as good as seeing them in real life, but it <laughs> is way better than just chatting on them, playing Call of Duty or playing whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, you can literally see their hands movement. You know, they're there. Right. Yeah. It feels yeah, like you're really there with them. Yeah. Definitely different than like talking on the phone or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You can actually like have experiences together, which is which is huge. Um, so yeah, this it's funny that this documentary was called We Met in Virtual Reality because it was only about VR chat. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like it should have just been called We Met in VR Chat, but um, it was pretty cool. Uh, and they, you know, showed, of course, like the positive side. I guess maybe not, of course, they could have showed like like you were talking about the toxic side and like, you know, not good relationships coming from it. But I think the point of it was supposed to be like, look, VR, people can go in VR and have sweet relationships and fall in love. So that was nice. But yeah, I was super interested in the part where they had like the deaf community and um, like people teaching sign language. That was so cool. I really love sign language. Um, and so that was really cool to see. And I was really impressed with like people could actually do sign language in VR because like you have to have like pretty specific 
hand movements um, to be able to do sign language. So I was like, how is that even possible <laughs> that they can make all these hand shapes? Um, so I'm not really quite sure how they so did that. I can I can answer that for you. Yes. Basically, like, there's 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 a world that someone made. And there's literally like an avatar that's doing the animations in front of you. And it's full alphabet, full dictionary. And it shows you their avatar doing the exact animations. And they've built a version of ASL for VR. Because with VR, you can't move every finger. Mm -hmm. So you can't do every single sign language thing as it appears in real life. So there's actually an alternate version of sign language specifically for VR right now. Wow. And if you go to this world, it's super easy to understand. It, you literally hit the play button and they do the sign language thing. They tell you exactly which buttons to press. And if you got the patience, I mean, it's, it's well worth going in there and, and learning sign language. That is so awesome. I love that. And I seeing the sign language in the documentary, like I'm not fluent by any means. Like I know like pretty basic stuff, but the like sign language that I saw, like it sounded or sounded it looked like pretty close to actual sign language and like some of the signs i saw like that is that sign like it was pretty amazing yeah it's, and uh, hopefully that's not something that will be taken away by this <laughs> no that's, mod. that's okay. unrelated okay good i was like it's is interesting this like a mod thing? that this came out and they called it we met in virtual reality not vr chat obviously because they want this to have mass appeal they want this yeah. to reach a lot of people but one of the biggest faults of it i think from what the credit said it looks like this was produced and edited and directed by one person mm -hmm. and basically that one person has been in vr chat forever and they met people they interviewed everything takes place in vr there's no actual people in this whole thing so it kind of plays out like an hour and a half long youtube video on vr chat mm -hmm. but some of those vr chat interviews on youtube and in this documentary are really good they're really interesting yeah the, my biggest qualm with it was that instead of jumping right into one of these gripping stories and these interesting things the first like five to ten minutes of it before the title screen is feels like unedited vr chat footage so awful like like i feel like a lot of people who are interested in vr aren't gonna make it to the title screen trying to watch this documentary because of that i don't and know some if people, it was five to ten minutes it might have only been a couple minutes but it felt like five or it ten felt minutes. like an eternity it, was it did i didn't look at the timer but if the the distance from when it started to when it hit the title screen and then got into these stories it felt like forever it felt like one of those po videos someone posts of vr chat footage that has no story no rhyme or reason it just is like oh here's a bunch of people in the lobby all talking at the same time and you can't oh, hear anything it was terrible so I, I was like why is this on hbo <laughs> Yeah, and as, as people who love VR and have been in VR chat, you would think we're the target audience for this thing. And I struggled to keep it on. I thought about stopping the documentary a couple times, but I was like, no, I want to talk about this. I want to see it's like, I'm going to stick to it. But the pacing, I mean, having another editor run through it or some storyboarding, it could have been much more compelling mm -hmm. if they had done that and it there was because the, the stories were great the yeah. people who met each other the deaf community the other people that just had friends but were talking about how this helped them with their depression because they could be themselves in vr these stories were great and gripping stories but the way it was all put together it was it didn't always keep your attention mm -hmm. and i was really like wow if i'm having a hard time watching this and i love vr a lot of people who see this on hbo and are curious are probably not going to even make it to the title screen before they click off that's mm -hmm. that's our you know attention spans in this world right now <laughs> and it honestly yeah. it sounds it, it's it sounds a lot like there was this uh, documentary that i watched on youtube that was about the rave scene in vr chat 
Mm. And it sounds a lot like maybe this is made by the same person who did that video. <laughs> uh, honestly, I really, I really liked that video, but it was one of those videos that you didn't really want to watch the video. You just wanted to do something else and listen to the video. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I, I'm wondering if maybe that that's the way to fix this one is you just turn it into turn it into like an audio thing and you can hear all the stories and everything. But you you know, we know what VR chat looks like. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious that and that too. the very opening scene, the frame rate is rough. Oh, like, yeah. Why are you opening with something that's not perfect? Yeah, because that right there is going to turn people off and it may not be noticeable on all TVs or who knows, maybe my Internet was also like throwing something off. But usually our Internet's fast. So usually we don't have the issue. I just want to give them some benefit of the doubt there. But I was like, OK, this is not the way to open this. You want to open this with like the glory shots of how beautiful VR chat can be. Not some yeah. scene with too many people that's making it all glitchy. Yeah. It, if you're out there and you love VR, I, I would say try to watch it or skip to the title screen and then watch the rest. Because <laughs> yeah. there was some interesting things. But I do fear that this won't do as much to help the industry as much as maybe, you know, give those VR haters a little more fuel for the fire of like, oh, well, that documentary sucked. Uh, I haven't looked. I'm going to see if what the Rotten Tomato score is or if there is one. Oh, uh, because now I'm curious. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. It's high. It's really oh. high on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Oh, well, a 93 percent from the critics and a 71 from the audience. Uh, huh. But then I'm surprised IMDb the critics like, would give it such a high score. What kind yeah. of critics are we talking about here? <laughs> I mean, Rotten yeah. Tomatoes critics. So who knows how high yeah. level that means? Is this, but, is this, is this um, Roger Ebert or? <laughs> yeah you know, I, is, this, is this reputable reviewers or is this some random like i don't know news article website it's right. it's, the, it's whatever system rotten tomatoes uses which i did, i don't always agree with their scores but then imdb gave it a 5.9 out of 10 and then uh on google it says 46 percent liked it so i don't Man, know exactly how i that feel compares. like rotten tomatoes maybe is not a good uh thing to look at anymore for <laughs> <laughs> their judging. opinions don't always hit what the masses feel it's yeah. Seems like like it kind of used to. So I I would love if you're if you're hearing this and you watched it or you're here on YouTube where you can actually come. I would love for you to come tell us what you think because I definitely think it it could have been better and it had some great stories, but just the overall flow of it really threw me uh, for a loop. Yeah. Speaking of movies, Lip, <laughs> do you remember an old movie called Labyrinth that had David Bowie in it? Have you ever seen that movie? Uh, so I actually fell asleep to watching that movie like a month or and a half ago. Nice. Uh, my girlfriend put it on and I was like, oh yeah, we're going to watch the movie. And I just fell asleep. I was tired anyway. Um, so that, that's my, that's my experience with that. But uh, she really liked it. Well, hopefully you made it a little ways into it. And if she's seen it before, there's definitely a lot of nostalgia driven in this movie. Yeah. But walk yeah. about mini golf, the mini golf VR game that is super fun. And we love it. Got a labyrinth update. So for $3, which is typical for their new courses, you can buy a mini golf course, 18 holes that is built all around the world of Labyrinth. You even start off in the bedroom, I think where the movie starts. I Keep in mind, I haven't seen this thing probably in like 15 years, but <laughs> starts off there and then you go through the Labyrinth and there's all these things from the movie on each golf course. And if I had remembered the movie better, I probably would have enjoyed it even more. But Nat, we both played through this last night. What did you think of the Labyrinth update? It was so awesome. And I also, I haven't seen, is it Labyrinth or the, I don't know. But I haven't seen this movie since I was like a kid. And so I like kind of sort of remember like fever dream style. Like, oh, there was like a baby and David Bowie and creepy little things everywhere. Like, 
I didn't remember a lot, but even if you haven't seen the movie, I'm sure, yes, it would be more cool to be in it if you've like seen the movie recently. But if you haven't seen the movie recently or even at all, it's still really cool. It was my favorite course that Walkabout Mini Golf has had so far. It's like, it just feels like big. It's really fun. Like you can really explore around a lot. Like beyond just where the the holes are um so that was really cool there's all these cool characters everywhere um i wish i mean i know it's mini golf so it doesn't really make sense i guess that you could interact with the little characters but i kind of wish you could because there's some cute little characters most of them are creepy but uh there's some really creepy spots that are like dark and scary that were really cool it's just it's a really great one and they have some really cool um holes that are like challenging yeah it was my favorite one so far it's awesome it's great I love it. it really catches the vibe of the movie yeah. and although lip you didn't get to watch enough of the movie if you consider checking this out i'd say watch the movie again and then go play through this course because you'll get a lot more out of it if you remember the movie better but if for any of you out there who haven't and i don't know actually if you have it yet lip but if you don't have walk about mini golf yet i would say that is like becoming one of the essential games to have on yes. the quest too so, so I, I bought the game with my own money like a year and a half or i don't know it was a long time ago and when i had one of those 30 percent coupon things and i have still to this <gasps> date never actually opened it <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh, it's so. And I've good. only bu- I've only actually purchased like ten games for the Oculus Quest Two with <laughs> oh my own my money. Gosh. Everything else has been just free code. So I'm like, this this is what happens when I buy the games. I'm like, oh, since I bought it, I don't feel like I have to do a review. So then I don't play the game, right? And then I just <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, okay, well, on to the next thing, and I forget about it. I don't know. It's we should all this, get this, in like, sometime. It's we so much fun. Now. I would love to. We have to now because yeah. Lip hasn't. So we're going to schedule that. I want to schedule this next week, honestly, and get you into this game because it was one of those things. I kind of slept on it for a while, too. I didn't buy it or anything, but like I'd heard people talk about PewDiePie talked about on his channel, how he plays with his family and how good it was. And I was like, man, if people that, you know, he he likes VR, but like if it's that big, like that many people are talking about this, I was like, we got to finally try this. And once we tried it, we were hooked. It it's is so fun. addictive. It is really fun. Like we uh, played the labyrinth course last night. I was like cranky. It was hot. I was like, man, I'm tired and hot. <laughs> I don't really want to play it right now. Uh, but you get in and it's just like, wow. Like it's so much fun. Like you forget all your troubles and crankiness. And it's just, it's just a great time. It's so much fun. Yeah. So I'm curious before we move on to the next thing, though. We're going to play it. Uh, do, you, do you? So I don't know if you guys have seen Zen Pinball, but Zen Pinball kind of started off with just their own tables. And then they mm. went in and said, OK, now we're going to do all these other types of tables that are all like movies and comic books and things like that. Do you think that's where Walkabout Mini Golf's going to go, where they're going to start doing themed courses based on maybe like maybe we'll get a <laughs> Star Wars one or Avengers one or it's funny you know, that you whatever. mentioned that. Because that's exactly what they're doing. And Labyrinth, surprisingly, was the first like big one that came out. Because we'd heard a few months ago, they were going to bring the island from that old puzzle game, Mist. They were going to okay. bring Mist into Walkabout Mini Golf. That's supposed to come this fall, I think. But it's like now they've made all these beautiful worlds of their own. Now they're starting to make these big licensed ones, these IP ones. And Mist is coming to Walkabout Mini Golf. But for those of us who you know may remember Mist from way back when, Mist actually recently launched on Quest 2 of all things, fully revamped for VR. And now they just added hand tracking to the entire experience of Mist. And 
I've got to tell you, I tried this last night. Nat and I were both supposed to try it. And after I got done trying it, I said, don't try it. We'll talk about it on the podcast. Have you done much like, of the hand track stuff on the quest lip? I have, I have, I have done lots of the hand tracking stuff. And I d- would love to say that my hand tracking experiences were amazing, but they were not. And <laughs> there's some that there's some that are good, but even, even, even the best hand tracking things still seem to have some level of issue. The only, mm-hmm. the only one that I would say was like pr- pretty much flawless was the forever darts game, but mm-hmm. it was because they followed the rules of hand tracking. You have four mm-hmm. cameras in the headset. These cameras need to track your hands. So a game that you're throwing things in front of yourself is going to work real great because you can track your hand really good there. As soon mm-hmm. as you put your hands down, it can't, you can't see your hands anymore and it stops working. And yeah. so many of them are like, oh, like, like the the waltz of the wizard has this weird like you almost like spider-man sh- you're like you're like going like this to spider-man <laughs> shoot you know teleport points to walk to on the map like it, every single one of them struggle with how to move around and it's just it ends up being one of those things that if your game requires lots of moving around which i imagine a game like mist would require you just you're going to be so frustrated and i can't even imagine trying to like press things or trying to like turn things i feel like that's just (laughs) not going to work at all oh without playing mist you've nailed on every issue uh (laughs) so mist is on a puzzle island you have to move around and do puzzles and i didn't try it with teleport maybe i should have but i like locomotion mist has locomotion why would i not use locomotion so if you want to move in mist you point your finger out the direction you want to go and your avatar moves that direction. Now imagine there's also puzzles that have buttons that you need to reach out and press. What's going to happen oh. instantly in this game? Oh my After like five or 10 minutes of playing in it, oh. it's weird because it starts off like there's a tutorial. Like this tutorial shows you how to move forward, but then either I accidentally skip the rest or it just ends. I never learned how to turn. So for the whole time, I was trying to figure out how to turn. And it seemed like if I put my right hand out and made a fist, I would turn right. But if I did that with my left hand, I wouldn't turn left. And sometimes if I moved that right fist to the left, it would sometimes turn left, but barely ever. So it's so finicky with the hand tracking that it's just it's not the right game for it at all. They made it so you can play the whole game with hand tracking. And if you can, you are a greater person than I am because I barely could suffer through 10 minutes and i couldn't imagine actually trying to do a puzzle it's one thing walking around an island and exploring the beauty with this glitchy freaking movement but if you needed to get a puzzle done no it's terrible you can't even position yourself in the right spot to do the puzzle and then reach with your hands and touch everything it reminded me how hand tracking how not ready it is yet because some things do a great job like the line this like VR documentary and everything's in front of you. You reach out and grab things. It did a really good job. Missed terrible example. I would never put anyone in this with hand tracking to show them the ability of hand tracking because they'd be like, this sucks and I hate it. It <laughs> was just bad. Oh no. Yeah, I, I feel like with hand tracking right now, like you need to put people in a box that they are, mm-hmm. their play space is how they move around and let them play with things in that box with hand tracking. That's why the hand tracking simulator game you know, it's not the, the hand tracking in that game still doesn't work perfectly, but I feel like that was a really good app if you wanted to play with hand tracking because, well, things actually work. Mm-hmm. But it's just to me, hand tracking is it's a it's a fun way to navigate the menu systems if you don't know where your controllers are and you want to just go on the Oculus store and start downloading something. But outside of menu navigation, you know what? I did find one thing that I actually loved with hand tracking. 
So there's a secret. This is kind of like a secret thing. But any game that you sideload onto the quest uh, through like like Android games, if they have any sort of uh, like touch controls, well, the touch controls still work as like a pointer thing. So what I was doing was I was playing Knights of the Republic, this uh, classic Xbox Star Wars game. And basically there was touchscreen controls and gamepad controls. So I had my gamepad all linked up. But then if I wanted to, I could like still touch things on the screen with my like hands by just lifting my hands up off of my Xbox controller and like hitting them. And it was this weird combination of two control schemes that was amazing for me. But outside of yeah, outside of menu navigation, I wouldn't really recommend hand tracking at all. Yeah, yeah. This mist really demonstrated that well. Uh, it was rough. Uh, if you're one of these Good people job, out there miss. who <laughs> they tried. They tried. If you're someone out there and you managed to do it, you managed to get through Mist with hand tracking, or you think hand tracking is just great, we'd love to hear from you on our Discord server. You can come join and you can tell us. Maybe you have some tricks because I know one problem hand tracking has sometimes people's carpets or hardwood floors a lot of times are like a tan color. And if your hands are pretty close to that same color, it's an issue. You need the contrast. You need to have like a dark rug or something that helps it see your hands more. So maybe you've got some tips and tricks. You can come teach us or you can come influence the direction the podcast and to give us Q&A questions like we answered here from everybody out there. You can become a direct supporter on Patreon, which we want to thank our patrons. It basically supports all of the costs of the podcast currently. So everything from our sponsor can go towards equipment and other fun stuff to help us further the podcast. And if you're listening, come see us on YouTube, vice versa. If you rate, review and subscribe, that's huge. A couple of you have now, and it means a lot to us. But we want to say Yay. thank you for coming out for another episode. And remember, when, if you're thinking about VR, what do you got to do? Dive on in. Dive on in. <laughs> <laughs>